Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Podcast, the podcast where we talk about two thematically linked movies, one mainstream, one cult, and dissect them both. This is part two of our birthday massacre double feature. Last week, if you missed it, was 2019's The Banana Splits movie. Definitely check it out if you haven't already. Uh, I think fans of sort of 80s, 90s, uh, monstery slasher flicks like Child's Play uh, and also the game Five Night at Freddy's, they're going to love it. So check it out. Uh, but this week, we have another birthday massacre film, Killer Pinata. Now, this is actually Killer Pinata, the director's cut, which was released, I believe, 2020 uh, into this year. So it's recent. It's refreshed. The original uh, was released in 2015. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get right into this here uh, with us. Uh, well, of course, it's myself, your host, Nate Wyckoff, film critic and comedian. And then we also have Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And that's all the time we have today. I'm just kidding. It's late here, but we are definitely raring to talk about this. We also have Jeff Tucker. How are you doing, Jeff? Well, we just called Jeff a racist off camera. So if he's a little reserved, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Tad. Tad Mastroianni. How are you doing, man? Wow, you can actually say my last name. I've always m-a-s-t-r mastroani you fail no mastro ah e you you fail you fail you can't you can't letter it hold on anyway (laughs) anyway today uh, on this podcast we learn about spelling (laughs) (laughs) not really uh okay yes all right, Tad Mastroianni. Uh, I I have an autofill for your name. That's th- just listeners. Tad's last name has been a problem for me since uh, we've known each High other school? twenty years. Uh, at this point, I still don't know what it is. You and say like five and so when we first were in a band together, which was our first thing, and then we did comics later together, uh, I always just put him as the mysterious M. Uh, and because I didn't couldn't spell his last name, so he's either <laughs> Mysterious M or Tad M in all the in most of the projects. Uh, I then I saved it somewhere on my computer, so I always had it. You know, it's it's a theme at work too. I will get an email, and it will still say Tad M, even though my name is spelled in the box above their head. You can spell <laughs> my name, you morons. Can't can't trust it. Can't trust it. Um, yeah, so I want to talk about this first. I want to thank all those letters. What's the point? (laughs) There's, there's too many letters. There should be four keys on the keyboard. 
Uh, yeah, no, uh, that's, you know what? Killer pinata is a great uh, thing to talk about, but we're just gonna talk about uh, entomology at this point. Uh, yeah, no, so Killer Pinata, originally released in 2015, and now Darkseid uh, releasing has a new 2020 uh, release of a director's cut. Now, there's a lot of things, usually when you hear director's cut, it's often just a recut or they've added a scene and trimmed out some other stuff. Um, when we did The Warriors, we talked about uh, Walter Hill's uh, director, cut of that and and how really it seems like very minor tweaks this actually uh, i was told by um the the angry mule team who is the filmmakers of this film that actually it's a lot of technical updates so the sound's been improved lots of little things like that to be a more smooth um uh, product for people who maybe aren't used to shot on video uh, sound quality and video quality and things like that. And actually, I found that this production was for a little indie production, which is essentially what it is, was actually pretty smooth. The audio is good, the visuals are good, and we're going to talk about some of the creative things they've done. I also want to mention this. Anybody who's listened to our interview with legendary Schlockmeister Chris Siever, which uh, is everyone who's listening to this podcast most likely, will know that I got read to filth for claiming that Chris had seen the film Thanks Killing, which we talked about on Thanksgiving uh, last year. And uh, even though some lines were quoted directly from it, to my, to be fair, they are common lines. So I can totally see where I made that mistake. That said, Killer Pinata actually thanks Thanks Killing in the credits of this film under thank yous. So I can definitely talk about uh, similarities and things that carry over into Killer Pinata territory here. So let's get into it. Uh, Killer Pinata is about a pinata that kills people. Uh, and that is 100% accurate description. I think that the title really sells it the right way. Now we get, I mentioned Child's Play in our discussion of the Banana Splits movie. This is also very Child's Play-esque in its setup. And I use Child's Play because most people know it, but there are many films that use this, which is uh, the blood of someone who was wronged and killed uh, seeps into the fabric or rather the paper material of a pinata he was building at a pinata factory. And now the pinata is evil and wants to kill all humankind because they destroy pinatas. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really solid. I don't know, like, expanding on that doesn't give you any more information about the plot, uh, except to say that there is uh, an old woman who runs a pinata party store who has a hook for a hand who uh, is on a quest to destroy this pinata, which her dim-witted um, employee accidentally sells to some dumb white guy who takes it home and with two other pinatas uh, says, hey son, uh, I know you were an accident, but I still kind of like you. So pick one of these pinatas to destroy for your birthday. He picks one. It's not the killer pinata. They put the killer pinata away. Uh, and then that kid and his parents leave uh, their older sister at the house while they go on a vacation somewhere. The older sister then has a party with her uh, friends, I guess you would call them, and her, including her estranged boyfriend. And then the killer pinata starts to pick them off one by one, as well as all the other people that wander onto the set. So I don't even, I, I'm just going to throw it to you guys. Mandy, what were you expecting when you saw killer pinata on the docket? And what do you feel now that you've seen it? Um, I'm going to say, uh, now that you've explained the plot that way, I don't know why this movie wasn't made 
sooner or why it's not a killer pinatas like (laughs) so obvious really um i saw the title i expected a killer pinata what we got was a killer pinata what i wasn't expecting is how delightful the campy pinata animation was gonna be i lived for it oh my like you liked pinata vision yeah oh i did so much and like through the whole film i was not like i'm not really a horror movie fan surprisingly even though we watch a lot of horror movies on here but i was just waiting to see what other like campy hijinks that pinata was gonna get up to like throughout the film like how they were gonna animate him and whatever like what was what he was going to be doing because it was fantastic so this is one of those things where if a, if a filmmaker comes to me which they often do not and says <laughs> hey like i want to make this low budget item seem m- m- to have more of a personality on camera which is actually a pretty common uh problem when you're making a low budget horror feature or any feature that's got a fantasy element and is low budget mm-hmm. they did such a great job taking what is the most common denominator donkey pinata with the pointy ears the square nose and then two flat sticker eyes that have a little bit of a of a crescent on the bottom to look like they have like puffy you know like friendly cheeks i guess and said how can we make this look like it has a personality and reactions all they did is rotate the eyes so the the crescent is on top at an angle or flat so it looks like they're pensive or concerned um it worked so well and then they used what I can only assume is a hand or something inside the head of a pinata to like move it around the edges of the frame. And then the pit, what I call pinata vision, which is my favorite, which is when they mounted the head in front of the camera, like the hands in a first person game and Mm -hmm. just, and just traveled around with it. Like Sam Raimi in the woods. Like it's just, it worked for me. And, uh, and I loved the the pinata. He he doesn't talk, but he makes these little sounds sort of coos almost. Mm Um, or grunts or breathes and i actually felt this is one of those movies where and I'm, it was clearly the intent i wanted the pinata to win i wanted everybody mm-hmm. in this movie dead i wanted piles of blood i wanted him to poop candy all over the place p.s he does poop candy he occasionally does. into people's mouths um i thought he jizzed candy into someone's mouth i i don't know you mentioned that i'm not sure if that because it was a sexual scene but i don't know maybe we'll, we'll get sexual. jeff and we'll get jeff and tad's take know. on that I, I mean hey we'll have to go to the replay Germany exists shout out to our German fans it could have been sexual and poop I don't know but um just kidding guys we love everyone uh definitely so uh all right let's go to uh Jeff I I uh, I'm gonna try and guess what you think about this what do you think about killer pinata director's cut what's your guess I'm I'm interested no I'm I'm holding my tongue I've been wrong before (laughs) well I'm gonna I'm gonna uh go right down the line very expected it wasn't for me um it's <laughs> great shooter right there right i'm just i'm i'm staying you know in my character i have this character i'm gonna i'm gonna stay in it this time ne- I feel, next week i though. feel bad i had I anything a, to do uh, with convincing you to watch them this week so yeah. <laughs> let, let me let me let me before we get to that let me ask you this question because we're going to talk about it but i feel like thanks killing and killer pinata have many parallels um, and yet we all enjoyed Thanks Killing. So what was Thanks what did Thanks Killing have that Killer Pinata missed the mark for you? Uh probably several things, but mostly it came first. Um <laughs> 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 I, I was just, you know, I, I've had maybe enough. 
Um, I, you know, I actually like, I did like the opening credits. The opening credits were like a Netflix original series. Very like, much uh, so. Style it's, it's, it's very much, it's Witcher did it. It's all the series have done it where it's like, um, you get the pinata from various angles, slowly spinning in a black space with blood dripping down it and pooling. And it was, it yeah, was very effective. Like, yeah. Daredevil. Like, yeah. Like all, like all, all of those, like have kind of the same, it, it actually is like a Dexter was like maybe the first like opening that was that I can think of that was had that kind of style um and Netflix has really run with it um so that was good and I actually liked the little like weird like animated like interlude thing there yeah they had a similar um, thing in Thanks Killing too right they had an animated moment in this case it's the origin of the killer pinata yeah like I, I don't know like I like the kind of the you know the art style of it like whoever the artist was that did that like you know they they, they clearly had you know a practiced hand um and like you know the adorable man eating his sandwich at yes the, like, the at chunky the pinata maker at the pinata factory yeah, who was no, picked was just, on cruelly you know, by his co-workers and accidentally dropped in the shredder that yeah that was delightful. he was adorable yeah yeah it kind of like whenever i see kind of like the, like animation like this that's like a little bit like um like dissonant like a little bit uh you know unpolished a little bit I, um old school new grounds yeah it actually reminds me of like i i i, I always think of this as like the thief and the cobbler mm -hmm. um like p.s uh, we may be doing the thief and the cobbler recobbled oh, in the future but we'll talk about oh that. i'd love to do that because I, I love that film it's like you know watching the film was like watching like a moving escher painting um it's like uh it's a really special experience i think everybody should watch that um but like, yeah, it just was, you know, I was just kind of bored. And then there's like, there's this like, you know, animated and then there's like, oh, something interesting to look at something, um, uh, something that, uh, you know, wasn't just what I expected and kind of boring. Um, so, you know, those two parts were good. And, and it, 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 I think that it, it comes down to, you know, whoever was doing the art probably practiced art quite a lot. Uh, the actors that were doing the acting in this probably were not very practiced actors. Um, well, that's fair. Actually, a lot of the cast, this is their only film. They were, yeah. you know, it's their only film. Uh, and it, so it's interesting because like you said, uh, Thanks Killing came first. I, was, I think it's interesting for me, one of the things that I kept wanting, um, which would have changed things, but maybe caused some other things to be not as good. Um, like Mandy was saying, the expressions and the motions of the puppet are so good, um, but he doesn't say anything. So because he can't speak, we don't get the quips that we get with like Chucky or uh, the thanks killing Turkey, right? Um, we don't get, you know- Or the ginger dead man. Or the ginger dead man. Good friend, Gary Busey, fiend of the pod. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, no, like I, I just kidding. I don't know Gary Busey. Gary, if you're out there listening, I would love to talk to you on this podcast. Yeah, we don't get much from the killer pinata, um, but I, I found myself wanting it, but I didn't, it wasn't enough to make me not like it because I could tell that they were really trying to do a lot with keeping the puppet from speaking. Um, so interesting, interesting take, but I didn't think about that being one of the elements that was different from Thanks Killing. Tad, what was your expectation going into Killer Pinata Director's Cut and what do you feel now that you've seen it? I feel like Jeff stole my thunder or maybe it was Mandy actually. I expected a pinata. I got a pinata. It killed things. Um, Oh, I don't even know. 
um <laughs> with this movie this this i i definitely um i i think i mentioned before we started recording that uh i felt like they were trying to steal chris Seaver's thunder and you know what the reason was yet another fake penis joke so it's interesting that we bring that up because i actually this last year I'd reviewed more films as, as listeners probably know, I also review for horrornews.net and other things. Um, but I, and if you look at my horrornews.net reviews alone, the last year, I have reviewed s- multiple films uh, and on this podcast where uh, they deal with the severing of penises. And first off, I wanna say, this is not a read on that. This is not against that. I'm all for that. Uh, people who identify women have long been the butt of violence in horror films and films in general. And it's great to see the male member getting its due. That said, it's been done so many times in the same way right now. I mean, I think teeth is probably the most iconic where her vagina bites his penis off, right? And then <laughs> drops it on the floor. Um, although my favorite is definitely Jerry O'Connell. Uh, in in Piranha, and I I I I'm sure I think I shared the story about that uh, oh, that's a great story. It, it, with with the Chris Sieber interview. But um, that's that's my favorite. But we've just seen it a lot now, um, and I will say I, I understand the impetus to do it, especially because in this case, at least it actually kind of had something to do with the script. They called they did a callback to a running theme, which is this character uh, not ever having received oral sex, um, but. Well, you know what? I'll just I'll just say that. I think it's a little overdone, but I will say it's also the most realistic of any of those movies, except for maybe Piranha 3D, because they actually animated a, a penis. Um, it I actually thought as I was watching it before it was severed and there was copious amounts of blood. Um, I actually was like, did they really make this actor put his penis in that pinata? Um, because I wasn't totally pushing out of the realm and then it's severed and I realized it's fake, but it was definitely more realistic looking than most of the, uh, fake penises. Oftentimes it's just like a, a, a day glow neon, um, uh, dildo, which is painted or, or sometimes not even painted. So, um, every Chris Seaver film I've ever seen where there is a fake dong, you know, it's a fake dong, but this right. one granted you were correct. It was kind of like, is this guy's dick actually out? No, it probably isn't. Cause... Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, I don't think so. But I mean, it looks like it. And then we see it full severed and it's not. Um, let's. Can we also say, though, this one did have a scene that was beyond any of those where um, the little boy runs into the room at the end after all the carnage has been seen by the parents and stuff and yeah. sees all the candy on the floor and the severed penis head and still eats a handful of candy. Um, <laughs> I thought that was, that was something else. Uh, uh, but yeah, so there's, and, and I'll say too, where Chris Seaver movies like to put, I think oftentimes the most shocking moment or or a shocking moment very early to set the mood. This was a case of, this was not an expected moment because the movie's actually fairly clean until that, until that scene. I mean, we have simulated sex, but it's like, yeah, you could have sex through like three inches of sheets, I guess. Because of um, course, why not? It just uh, enhances the feeling. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So no, but I mean, I, I told, and I totally get why you wouldn't have like realistic sex in your movie. I, that's totally understandable. Um, but I, yeah, it, it was the most shocking moment um, because we just were not used to seeing male genitalia one way or the other. Um, I think uh, uh, so that was, that was a moment and the gore effects actually are pretty good in this. They're limited. Um, that was the most gore. Usually it's just blood and we don't see a lot of it, but it works. 
Um, but let's run over let's run over some of the similarities because I've mentioned we've we've mentioned Thanks Killing a lot, and there's a reason. Um, of course, we have a vengeful killer object related to a celebration uh, in Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving turkey and in killer pinata, it's a pinata. Um, Mandy, I think you're totally actually right. Pinata is the perfect part or is the perfect like um, uh, embodiment of this kind of character because its entire life is meant to be put together and then beaten apart by children. Like that's pretty, I would be mad too. Um, and Thanks Killing has an animated interlude as Jeff mentioned, so does this. Um, also, there is a sex scene where the pinata takes part uh, unbeknownst to the participants at first. And that is also the case in Thanks Killing. And there is, uh, there's, there's, there's several others um, that, that sort of that take the cake. Here's the difference though for me, the biggest difference between Killer, because they are different films, I think. Killer Pinata is played, I mean, it's over the top, but it's played straight for the first two, I would say 75% of the film. And then there's one distinct turning point where the film goes totally goofy. Uh, and that actually, I actually wish that it had, it, it didn't ruin it for me, but I wish that it had stayed um, the, the quote realism throughout because the fact that it's a killer pinata is so ridiculous that having it in the realm of realism is actually what was kind of endearing for me. And the point I'm talking about is um, the, the, uh, the daughter who stays at home, I believe is played by uh, Brooke and Helder is uh, uh, she, her, her ex, her, her boyfriend on a break um, is Scott played by Billy Chingari. And they're sort of, they're, they, they realize that their friends are dead. Um, the old lady bursts into the house trying to find the pinata. She's telling them the entire backstory. They don't understand a word because they're super white and she has an accent, which I think is hilarious uh, because that is, that is just living in Orange County, California, right? Is everybody over a certain generation not understanding anything that's spoken to them with even the slightest amount of accent. Uh, and, and so that was funny. And then the pinata kills the old woman and the ex-boyfriend ex-girlfriend retreat to the basement and they're like we have to kill it and then they're like we don't have any weapons and he goes let's make some and we get this uh this like raimi-esque um evil dead uh them slapping together weapons but which is goofy enough but then it's so goofy that like they take a broken handle of a swiffer pull it off screen spray paint it and then when they pull it back on screen, it's like a long-handled baseball bat. And then another point, they take two disparate items and combine them off screen and pull up a shotgun. Like it's it's ridiculous and it's funny, but I the movie had not had that level of ridiculousness up until that oh, point. Um, and so that other was other than starring a killer pinata. Exactly. And exactly. A lady with a hook. And a lady, and I mean, and the thing is, is even when, so at one point, this sort of uh, office rocker homeless gentleman, who the lead character is not nice to at all, by the way, um, <clears throat> uh, comes in and asks for birthday cake. And of course, the pinata is the only one there. And he's talking to the pinata like it's a person. And the pinata gives him candy, poops out candy, 
And the guy's like, oh, great, candy. And he eats it. And as he walks away, um, he stumbles and dies because it's clearly poison candy. I don't know, but okay. Uh, and there's it's it's the thing that like, it's funny. Like it's clearly a joke, but on screen it's played straight. Like it's it's played, it's not to the level of that later insanity or like Thanksgiving where it's <laughs> it's a talking turkey puppet. It's incredibly ridiculous every team every single time there's a scene at all um and so that that did sort of shock me a little bit to have that extreme change to like straight up slapstick comedy and then it moves back into almost being in real territory when um vicky kills the pinata and dismembers it and eats its heart i assume which i want to know what that's made out of almond paste i don't know it's just a big it looks like she's taking a bite out of a purple rock so maybe uh, my wife said maybe a beet that that looks possible but um, then we get like really long shots of her like covered in blood and ichor. It's a very 70s slasher movie um, ending. Uh, and that seems very to, to be trying to tailor it back to like the real horror film. And so it just had a very up and down moment in that last 20 or even 15 minutes. Um, and then we get back to what I actually like, which is that fine line in the final scene, that fine line of it's a horror film, but it's also kind of humorous um, because we're aware of it, but they're playing it on screen like they're not aware of it. Um, when the parents get home and they're like, I told you you shouldn't have thrown a party. I thought you were an adult. Well, we're gonna have to sew that ear back on you and get rid of the bodies by dumping them in the river. And like, it's just the mom is so just nonchalant about this whole thing. And that was the level that I, I loved in this movie. When it reached that peak of craziness with just enough like realism to make it sort of, as Tad said, sort of like a Seaver film sometimes does. Seaver films, when we talk to Chris, his characters, as he said, they don't live in the real world. Well, it's true, but they also do real world tasks just in an insane way. Right. So it's like if you have one, if you have part of it be crazy and part of it be real, you get, you can sometimes hit this magical sweet spot. And Killer Pinata for me actually had it for most of the time until that zany bit at the end. Um, but it ended on a high note for me. Uh, I will say, I thought this movie up until that end where they're hunting the pinata was very well paced. Um, we get kills in a reasonable amount of time. Um, the characters say some funny dialogue. I actually really like the moments where the characters address the bad decisions they're making that are common in every horror movie. Like when the boyfriend, ex-boyfriend and ex-girlfriend are like deciding to kill the pinata. He's like, well, she's like, the police will never believe us. We have to kill it. And it's like, okay, well, then we have to take our friend's bodies and dump them over this ridge. And she's like, what? And he's like, the police will never believe us, but we have a bunch of dead bodies. You have to think it through. And she's like, one step at a time. Like it's addressing those things that so often are not addressed. Like when a character is running straight ahead from a, a, a monster or a car and they don't dive to the side, right? Like we know, we see things like that. And as the audience, we have to make a conscious effort to ignore it, but it's hard sometimes. And so when a movie addresses those things on screen, it's sort of like, it's, it's, it's a relief for the audience. Like when um, one of the characters uh, who is uh, the, the thirsty redhead, Rosetta, uh, which is a funny name to me, she, uh, just cause it's not common, she her she brings her cousin to the party uninvited her her dopey cousin who they are really mean to and then when he won't go on a beer run when she tries to get rid of him she's like fine all of us will go on the beer run you stay here and then 
her friend Vicky is like, why again is it a good idea to leave a stranger in my house? It's a very reasonable reaction. It is not a good idea because while it's not on screen, we all know the first thing that a person that socially unaware who is into the person who lives there would do would go into her bedroom and rifle through her under things. That's exactly what he would do. We know it 100%. And that is why you do not leave strangers in your home at all. I, I'm not saying from experience, I'm just saying that's the reality. You don't want to do it. Um, but in this case, she's lucky because he's killed by the pinata before he can do that. I'll also say that he eats like half a bag of salt and vinegar chips on camera very quickly. And that is exactly how I eat salt and vinegar chips, um, just when no that's one's we, watching. I think that's how we all do it as long as they're not being shoved into open wounds. Okay, we did try and cauterize a scrape on Tad's, was it arm or leg? I, can't, I think it was your arm. It was my back. With your, oh, your back, right, you fell down the line with a salt and vinegar chip. That was our friend, Matt. Um, I, he didn't get infected, so. Yeah, everything worked out great. Science. Uh, yeah, so that is that is Tad's uh, medical minute here on Colton Classic Podcast. Was this, was this like a ongoing thing? You kept trying to kill Matt, and then so Matt like tried to kill Tad? Is that, I'm pretty know, sure. Who was trying to kill me? I'm pretty sure we were actually trying to film something at that point. I don't, yeah, I think, I, I think it was one. So Colton Classic Podcast listeners, we've talked about our short films for a while on this podcast. And I can say that an exciting thing with the future is that we do plan on releasing these uh, for sale and viewing pleasure uh, on Blu-ray of all things. Um, you will have that excellent 480 uh, just nice and big and blown out on your uh, 1080p blu-ray um so look forward to that uh if you think our zoom technology is questionable right now then you're gonna love <laughs> our short films no they look better than that but keep expectations proper uh but yeah we we've 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 done the short film thing ourselves and that's i think why one of the things we like talking about movies that are on the indie realm. And it's not just that they're cult and so they, they have a chance to be weirder than other movies that have to identify, uh, find a place in a mainstream market. It's also that making movies is hard. It takes a lot of effort. You have to keep working on it long after you think it's good. <laughs> You, you know, even a great movie, you know that Spielberg during E.T. is at the end like, this is garbage. I hate it. I don't want to do it anymore. Like he looks like an animate poop stack. I don't. Anyway, the point being, that's read his book. I'm just kidding. I don't think that's in there. But you know what? Let's talk about that for a second, though. There's a side note. If you go online, you can actually find a leaked treatment for the actual sequel that they were working on for E.T. It is dark. It is disturbing. It is terrifying. It's a, it's a straight up horror movie. You should definitely check it out. So uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a, a a table reading of that treatment somehow. Uh, but yeah. So back to the actual film we're talking about, everyone. Killer Pinata director's cut. Uh, like I said, it's being released by Dark Side. It's actually available now. Uh, I I liked this movie. Um, I will say that the ending drug a little bit for me, but I think. If you compare it to other movies like we've been doing with, say, Thanks Killing, which I think is a pretty strong parallel, this one had stronger 
editing and line delivery across the board. I feel like the characters tend to say things that make sense. They're not necessarily good things. They're stereotypes to the extreme. For example, um, Scott's friend Chad telling him that uh, his ex-girlfriend just wants him to be more forceful, so he should just take out his penis and put it in her hand. First off, I don't know how, it seems to me that actually would be physically difficult to both remove your, your penis and then place it in another person's hand against their will. I don't even know how you would go about doing that. And I don't wanna know. Um, but that's the kind of advice, but it's to set up these characters as the stereotypes that they are, right? Like the douchebag friend. Um, and then of course, Vicky has her douchebag friend, Rosetta. Those two douchebag friends get together, have a sex scene, um, at, at which point the pinata seems to insert, I assume his ears in both of their rectums. Um, that's my assumption. When you say these things out loud, they sound utterly unbelievable and unfilmable. But when you watch the movie, you're like, yeah, that's what's happening. That's why it's supposed to be funny. Um, I did enjoy, though, that the the little twist that, you know, the the douchebag guy, Chad, who's um, played by, I think, I think Nate Bird, am I correct in this? Uh, Nate Bryan, I'm sorry, Nate Bird and Nate Bryan for confusing guys. But Nate Bryan, uh, who, by the way, uh, you won, bro, you don't have to work out anymore. You won. You look fantastic. Like, we all can agree on that. Um, he ends up wearing nipple clamps as opposed to the one, which is a great, it's just a great little flip on the head. Um, you know, it's nice to see the, the, the two characters who are quote unquote easy, um, being in a consensual, nice relationship before getting murdered by a paper donkey. Um, also there's, uh, a, a, a very erotic vomit scene. Um, with lots of vomit. It's very family guy at that point, you know, like vomit on vomit. I don't know what you guys at Angry Meal Productions use for vomit. If it's like um, instant oatmeal and water, I don't know what it is, but it's gross and I commend you on it. Um, it's, it, was, it was accurate, it was well done. Uh, and having um, Rosetta uh, like who was played by Lindsay Ashcroft. And this was actually her first film and she's been in several since this and is still acting brilliant. Like just when I feel like when you have an actor that's willing to just get disgusting for a role, um, then it's kind of magic on camera because it's the kind of thing that I wouldn't do. <laughs> you know, I mean, I have a hard enough time getting my friends to come and be on my podcast so asking you guys to roll around in fake vomit or spit that vomit onto another friend shirtless, that is, I commend you guys. Uh, I also wanna say there's no actual nudity in this film. There's some implied nudity and some shirtlessness, things like that. Uh, but you know, your kids could watch this movie. It's inappropriate uh, when the penis gets bitten off. That might be a little rough. But uh, other than that, everything's fine. Um, we can also say that it has this sort of Seaver sensibility and maybe Chris will be offended when I say this, but I feel like if Chris Seaver had someone getting oral sex who it had been a plot point that he'd never had oral sex, him turning around to give the thumbs up over his shoulder before the monster bites his penis off and he bleeds out to death on the floor. I feel like that's accurate. Like that's a, that's a beat that he would have had. And it's sort of, you know what? It, it's like, it's, the Chekhov's gun was the oral sex. So they had to have it in there because it was mentioned so heavily in the beginning. Um, Beautiful thing about this situation is we can just ask Chris later what he thinks about it. You know, and that's true. And, but here's the thing though, uh, listeners, 
Chris has, has, has made it clear to me, he will not watch a movie that I recommend without having him on show. So I'm very excited that in the future we'll have Chris on show uh, where just like the rest of my friends, I can force them to watch Dribble and talk about it intellectually because what else outside of uh, uh, film studies is there in the world but to talk about movies as though they're meaningful art because they are in my brain in my sick and twisted brain. So let's move on to recommendations. Jeff, who would you recommend Killer Pinata to? Because I know you are, you've already got flyers made up. You're just gonna hand them out on the street. You know, I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't get where like the in is on this one. Um, like I didn't think it was as funny as Thanksgiving. You, you didn't catch the on ramp. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. Like I just, I'm on the highway, I'm 50 miles past. He tried you know, to merge. Somebody he... told me I, I missed it. So I, I don't know who would like this um, this particular film. I maybe maybe it's the same group that likes Thanks Killing, but uh, I think that they're they're not that comparable. It's I think on paper they're comparable, but I think you're kind of right because in this way, and I mean I enjoyed this, but this is humor in an absurdity way. Whereas Thanks Killing is humor, it's absurd, but it's it's got jokes. And the the jokes are, there are jokes in this, and some of them I actually think are pretty decent, like the self-aware moments, but they're actually not the majority of the film. Like I said, it's played as though the characters in this believe it um, 100%. And we sort of see semi-realistic moments, like, yes, it's ridiculous that like they would be so mean to their nerdy cousin, and leave him at home but they might leave him at home like that stuff happens you know at a party where you don't like one of the people like i don't because i don't go to parties i don't like everyone um but it's it's definitely it's just two different levels like i feel like this is the one for people who like weirdness whereas thanks killing the weirdness people will like it but it's for people who like uh abs like gross funny humor like the, the the like we will always talk about um the scene with the sheriff at the table drinking coffee and thanks killing like that is a legitimately funny and absurd scene killer pinata doesn't have that level of moment because it doesn't have the it doesn't have the written jokes in it's more about the spectacle and if you're not bought into that then you probably won't be entertained um but yeah tad what do you think about killer pinata director's cut who would you recommend it to and why um 100% less nice tits bitch uh, would not recommend um, would recommend to Nathan Wyckoff apparently he uh, he this is his type of movie um, this movie eats for me um, not not recommended I uh, it, it this was a struggle it wasn't as much of a struggle as the banana splits movie both of these movies felt like they could have been like an hour long just to cut out Look, this is the thing um, when there is no stakes when there is no uh, suspense, the movie loses me. And that, that's just me. I'm just, I'm just speaking for myself. Uh, the movie, uh, a movie where everyone is basically reprehensible and it doesn't matter if they die. It's like, there's, there's no stakes whatsoever. So why, do I, why the fuck do I care? That's, that's, that's basically what it comes down to for me. Well, and so like, like I said, in Killer Pinata, there is someone that I like. It's the Pinata, right? <laughs> so I enjoy the Pinata. He's the only likable character in that film. Um, to me. So what I enjoy is watching him wreak havoc on this world. Now that said, um, the, the 
the abuela who tries to stop his evil reign um is joette waters is her name fantastic she was really good oh my god she's so good every time she shows up and she's been yeah. in a lot she was uh with sid hag and in, in one of his final films and really? high on the hog uh, in 20, from 2019 it makes sense because it felt like she was like in a completely different class than everybody else in the movie she's she's absolutely fantastic and i mean she's she's been acting uh, a long time out there um and Watching her run around and try and find this pinata, the one scene where she crashes somebody else's pinata party and just brutally butchers the pinatas with her hook hand while screaming at the um, neighboring people looking in horror. I loved it. Like, I actually would have loved to see more of her. Um, but, you know, it is, it, it is what it is. I, I think one thing I'd hazard people when making an a, a, a indie film is to maybe do what you can to step away from teenagers at party vibe. Not because there's, there's a reason we do it, right? Because it's one um, sort of a stereotype of high school or in this case, like post-college that we all envision, but most of us haven't really been a part of. Um, and so there's sort of this false nostalgia with it. Uh, and we, you can easily work in stereotypes like the douchebag, the door, the smart girl, like all these things. That's why we do it. But it's been done so much that the shorthand actually becomes, it's so shorthand that we skip ahead five scenes, yet we still have to sit and watch those scenes of setup. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 we have such a, such a predetermined understanding of these scenes in these movies that it, you're better off you're better off literally going McMurder, you know, shout out to Janice.click, doing something insanely just nonsensical in the middle, right? Like you're better off doing that to hold attention than you are having the same characters over and over again. Now, with that said, uh, I would recommend Killer Pinata to anyone that really likes the the Todd Sheets, the, um, I, I think the Chris Seavers, uh, the, the um, the Polonia brothers uh, or Mark Polonia films. I think Killer Pinata has a solid place there because it's, and if you know those names, you're already the one that this movie is for. Now, with that said, I think that the director's cut is the preferable watch for this because it is nice and clean for that kind of independent feature and what they're aiming at. This is definitely one of the higher. There's only one or two sound click moments where maybe the audio wasn't perfect. Everything else, the picture looks good. Most stuff's in focus. Um, there's some really artsy shots too that are cool. Like when the pinata first breaks free from its twine hanger in the shed um, to, to commit its first on-screen murder, it, it's a really cool shot. The way it twists around, as Mandy said, they did a great job with the limited puppetry. And then we get the shots of um, them hanging a pinata in slow-mo with a bouncing twine while the other, the killer pinata watches in disgust and horror as they kill another pinata. Like there's really good moments visually in this movie. And it's easy to forget them because it looks more, I think it looks more high produced than it probably is. So kudos to that, but it's sort of a double-edged sword, right? Because when you look slick, people expect you to compete 
with the slicker productions that have a lot of money and time and things like that. And so when you actually, sometimes if you watch a movie and you're like, wow, this looks like it was filmed in my backyard, you already buy in a lot more because you're expecting so much less. So double-edged sword, but that's my recommendation. If you like the, the sort of really, really off the beaten path, the movies that even the dollar store seems not to carry more than one copy of, give Killer Pinata a director's cut, a stream or a buy. I think you'll like it. Plus it's gonna look really great on the shelf when you have friends come over and they go like, Killer Pinata? <laughs> yes, grab a beer, let's watch. Uh, Mandy, would you recommend Killer Pinata? And if so, to who? I would like to recommend the 30 to 45 minute cut of this film that uh, <laughs> Tad and I are gonna put together, uh, <laughs> which will mostly be just like of the pinata, like pooping candy and uh, skipping all the exposition that we don't need to have. Um, and definitely like speeding up the last uh, 30 minutes of the yeah, movie. I think the last could use some trim. But yeah, I mean, it, I think Nate, your recommendation is great. Like this feels like, like a movie that would be good to have like on a shelf as a talking piece, uh, as a party movie. Uh, maybe not so much just for sitting down to watch as a horror film. Uh, but it is it was fun very creative i don't know why there aren't more killer pinata movies already out there uh and it was like decently well put together like as far can, as the can we just talk about value can we just talk about how much even if you guys didn't recommend this tad and jeff how much we would like to see a uh killer pinata versus thanks killing turkey movie like yes. that would actually be brilliant like yes. Yes. Like you could really do so much because the characters are both similar in scale and similar in concept, but they're different enough that you could really have them talk. Like, I mean, cause you would get what you want, right? You get the pinatas funny visuals and you get uh, Thanksgiving turkeys, funny quips at the same time. You know what I mean? Like that's the crossover that I dream of seeing. Um, you said it in the middle I... of a big Lego city. Oh, All right. <laughs> It's just really, really what I'm going to do is I'm going to just uh, Adobe effects on the killer pinata face and the Thanksgiving turkey face onto Godzilla and King Kong in, in Converse Godzilla. That's what I'm actually going to do um, and release that to the world. I thought of even worse idea. It's killer pinata. You mean better? It's it, no, this is actually worse. It's killer pinata versus Thanksgiving versus death bone. Death it would bone. be the worst. It would be the worst. It would be. This is a trouble loan. Toblerone. <laughs> Toblerone. It would that that's actually something I would love to see is is Deathbone riding a giant killer pinata into battle, um, and then falling off his horse and finding Toblerones coming out of its bum. Uh, that's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. It's gold <laughs> Kickstarter right now. Killer pinata Deathbone. Okay, that's we're off the rails tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Cult and Classic Podcast. Uh, join us next Tuesday for another installment of our comparative series where we talk about a mainstream and a cult film that are thematically linked. Uh, and also join us on Fridays for our mini shows where we do totally different things like interviews, um, book reviews, other movie reviews, all sorts of weird, crazy crap um, that you definitely will want to listen to. Subscribe on the podcast place of your choice and write reviews. And again, if you write a review, send us a screenshot to cultandclassicpodcast.gmail.com when it posts or to uh, our Instagram at cultandclassicpodcast. And we will literally send you free cool stuff like stickers, pins, swag. It's great. I uh, hope you guys have a great day. And to play us out, as always, is the Chud with All About Evil.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.